Omaha, if we could gather in, I think, to our seats. God bless you. I am so thankful that you are here, and I am glad to be here. If you could turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, and then Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, and Proverbs chapter 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 says, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that the man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live. And then Proverbs chapter 1, or 3, verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, this is your church. This is your people. Let your word go forth, Lord, and change us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to spend a little time today here in, in Proverbs chapter 3, but before we get there, um, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. But before we get there, I want to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 3. And this is the, a famous verse that you might think of because of Jesus when um, he was in the wilderness and he was tempted. And he came to Sa or Satan came to him and said, turn these stones into bread. And, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He was reaching back here into Deuteronomy. Um, what struck me by this passage here is that God let them go an entire month, 30 days of a million plus people in the wilderness without food. God did not rain down from heaven manna for 30 days after they exited out of Egypt. For 30 days they would have taken their flocks, they would have eaten off of food they, they brought out. They would have gone up different draws or valleys and they would have looked and they would have searched. And, and they were finding some food to eat. When, it, when this dawned on me, I was like, wait a second, that gives me a little bit of a different perspective on maybe why they were complaining to God. God, why? Well, I need some food, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, what's going on here? And, and God says that he... Put them, he put them in that situation to prove them or to, to, to put them through. The, the word there um, means to afflict them. God put them through affliction in the wilderness so that they would understand that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God let the children of Israel go through struggle. It, as a parent, and you hear me make a lot of parent references, um, because we're, we're God's children. I know we're the bride of Christ, but we're also, we have a lot of different roles. And one of them is, is God's training us and teaching us and rearing us. And, and as a parent, sometimes you let your kid go through struggle or, or, or through, through trial and, and, and you see them work it out. One day in college, I called dad up. I was upset, beside myself. I had another problem come up and dad says to me and I don't know if he remembers this very well or not but I do he says well I'm not going to tell you how to solve this 
I've taught you and I've trained you and you get to solve this one yourself. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and like, I called you up for a reason. But he says I have what it takes. But I wanted you to tell me how to do it. <laughs> and, and so there was mixed emotions there. Uh, um, but he was saying, hey... I've taught you, I've trained you, you've been through, you're going through something now, and now it's time for you to learn from this situation. Sometimes, I, mean, I don't know if you want to call this passive-aggressive, I don't, I don't really know what you want to call it, but I'll see my children and they'll be struggling with something, you know, I'm like, I have told them, and I have told them, and I have told them. So now I'm going to watch. <laughs> because how many times do I say this, and I let it unfold? Experience sometimes is... Is the, what would they say, the best teacher? You know, I hate when you have to learn something the hard way through experience. But God said, I'm going to let you go through struggle. You're going to search for food. You're going to be out here. And he did it right away to them. I don't know. I, I like to chew on that for a minute. Because God had delivered them with might and power. He, he brought all these plagues on. He, he obliterated the country. He destroyed it. He took down all their gods. He, he, he uh, made a name for himself throughout the world for what he did to the, the greatest nation and the most powerful nation at the time. He brought Pharaoh to his knees. He destroyed their army, their crops, everything, and all their wealth they poured out on the Israelites. God birthed his child. And then he puts him in a spot right away and he's like, What's going on here? You know, they got to the waters at Merah and, and they were bitter and they're like, what, what's, what's happening with the water here? But God gave them 30 days of scrounging for food so that they would understand that you can't get by in life without God. Oh, how it had to be when they came to God and, 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 and they're talking to God and God says to Moses, you know what we're going to do? I am going to bring bread from heaven. It's going to rain down on the ground. And you didn't do one thing to get this bread. Oh, how many times have you been there? When you tried it this way, and you tried it that way, and, and, and you worked this way, and you put the best you had into it. You saved your money. You, you, you worked really hard at your job. You came up with solutions. And finally, and you sought God during those times, but but you got down and, and you sought God and then one day your answer came from heaven. Oh, you didn't, it wasn't any work that you did. It wasn't because you received an award for being a good person. It wasn't because your job recognized you as an outstanding employee. It was simply because God said, I'm going to give you the answer and it's going to come miraculously. It's going to come from heaven. Hallelujah. Go ahead, let's give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. God provides the answer. But God wants you to know that you cannot do this on your own. Oh, we have to be reminded of that time and again, I, I feel. And God had warned the children of Israel, hey, you need to remember this lest you forget that you got this by your own wealth. You didn't make this happen. You know, historians, they like to look at things and they like to count God out. Why? Because when they dig into the, the remains of stuff, they, they don't find God's DNA. 
They can't find a physical substance. That, oh, God left a part of himself here. As I say those words, I'm like, but yet he did. Jericho, the walls that fell down, they're like, well, perhaps I saw one just recently. They were, um, was it a meteorite must have exploded right over there where Sodom and Gomorrah were, causing hail and fire and brimstone, and the shaking of the earth would have caused over here Jericho's walls to go down, and that, that was great supposition on their part. I don't know how God brought his fire and brimstone down. I know he rained it from heaven, uh, um, and I know it destroyed the land, and they found evidence that God was here and they immediately said, and maybe that is what caused that to happen over there. God was working and moving. And so God's DNA really is everywhere. But they, they look at it and they try to, to read something else into it. But God, he humbled them. He brought them so they would understand, I need God. Afflicted by God. That, that's something I think that... I, I could spend a lot of uh, time on this and several messages on this title, Afflicted by God. It, this p message today and this teaching today won't do this title justice. It, it's deep and it goes far and ranging. But, but to be put through the struggle because God understood you needed to be here in order to become what He needs you to be. And frankly, for you to become what you really deep down want to be. And you say, well, I, I didn't want to go through that struggle. No, but you want to look back and say life was worth living. And, and when you don't have God putting you through struggle, you're going to find yourself in a place of depression and wondering what's the point of life. Look at some of the wealthiest in the world. They achieve their wealth. They have everything they want. And then they turn and they wonder, what is the meaning of life? You see suicides out of those that are some of the wealthiest. You see divorces. And, you know, recently I saw Bill Gates had gone through a divorce. And, and I, I read a little bit on his life. And I once again thought, I am so thankful I am not Bill Gates. I, am, I, read, I read and heard about, I heard about Warren Buffett and some of his story. And I was like, I am so thankful I am not Warren Buffett. If to be considered intelligent in this world is to be Bill Gates... Or Warren Buffett, check me out. I do not want to be a part of that team. Their lives look to be miserable to me. Oh, but God has provided me with peace and joy and purpose and happiness. And I won't trade it to be number one, two, three, or four on the list of wealthiest men in the world. I don't want to go there. But afflicted by God... I, I started down this path not because the kids are studying Proverbs this year. Actually, it's because of Psalms 103, verse 3, which says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Now, God is my healer. And it is by His stripes that we are healed. But this word healeth all my diseases also goes back to the book of Deuteronomy. because, And you can look throughout all the Old Testament as the children of Israel went through strife and, and they left God and they forsook Him. And they were filled with their sin and their iniquities. And, and then God would, would let judgment fall on them. And they would go through heartache and sorrow. And they would go through punishment. 
And yet when they would turn back to God, God would forgive them and He would begin to heal them. And it was more than just a healing of a sickness. It was a healing of the heart. It was a healing of all the heartache they had to go through to get themselves to turn back and say, I need God. And so that's why here in the book of Psalms, it's put right in the same thought or in the same line. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, semicolon, who healeth all thy diseases. Oh, what was he doing here? He was, the, David was putting these two thoughts together and he was wanting you to understand your iniquity and, and the, the, the sickness of your soul that you go through. God heals them. He forgives them. Oh, that's what happens when God forgives your sins. Oh, you came with a scar and a rip in your life. It wasn't even a scar. It was an open wound. And Jesus steps in and he says, I forgive you. And all that shame and all that guilt, oh, it begins to heal and be mended together. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As I talked to God about this and... and really felt where he was taking me, I found Proverbs chapter 3, and I stuck to the King James Version because that's what the kids are quoting, even though they're not in here. I had new King James at first, but the writer here is talking to his son, and he's urging him, and he's cautioning him, and he's leaving him a book of instructions, and he's leaving him uh, um, good words and sayings all pulled together and put down and written down and, and he's saying here are these things I want to pass on to you he, he put them in a format that if you could read them in the Hebrew it, it, sometimes it used the same letter to begin with and it used uh, parallelisms and, and phrases it used poetry why? so that they could remember we translate it into English and we're like oh, this is a little hard for me sometimes it runs a little smoothly but if you were a Hebrew child you would have heard these phrases and sayings and they would have been told to you and you would remember. But the writer here says in Proverbs chapter 3, My son, forget not my law. What is this law? It's my teachings, that I, the teachings I have brought to you from this book. Oh, child of God, don't forget the words that have been brought out to you from the pages of this book. Don't forget the messages that have been preached across this pulpit. Don't forget the words that have been shared in the wisdom in those one-on-one -on -one Bible studies or, or in those videos maybe you watched online, whether it be by myself or Bishop or Pastor Jeremy or Pastor Trevor or, 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 or any member of one of our teachers out here. Don't forget the teachings of this book. Starts out with, a, I call it a negative, don't forget. And then immediately flips to the positive. But let thine heart keep my commandments. That word keep, that's kind of militaristic. It means to guard, it means to protect. Oh, I thought about that and I, and, and I see right there. I love this law. You know what, these teachings that you gave me, Bishop... You can't take that from me. So why are you living that way? Oh, I'm not changing my lifestyle for you. I've got a hold of something. It gave me joy and peace. It gave me a reason to live. 
I don't wake up the next morning with a hangover. I'm not walking out on my wife. My wife's not walking out on me. My children, they're happy. Oh, they've got joy unspeakable. They maybe don't understand all the book, but they understand and know Jesus. They maybe don't understand the universe, but they lift up those hands and they sit down and begin to talk to Him and they know Him. So I'm going to protect this Word and I'm going to guard it. And if you say, well, if you preach that Word, I'm leaving this church, then leave because it's not worth oh compromising this book to have one more person in the house of God. I maybe don't understand why there's so many people that want to run headlong into hell. And I'll say, God, oh, how can these people be lost? But one thing I know is that God is true. Every man's a liar. And I am, and he is coming back. And this is the way. And I am not turning back on him. Guard it. Guard it. Guard this truth. Guard it. Keep, but let thine heart keep my commandments. It says, it gives us promise for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. You know, some people die at a young age. They don't get 70 years in or 80 years in. But it's a pretty long life when you can wake up and be at peace with yourself and with God. When you can wake up and you can know that, hey, I know in whom I have believed. There's a future and a hope that only begins after I die. It's a pretty long life because the quality of life is so much more important than to be 90 years of age and to sit there with all your wealth around you and understand that you can't take it to the grave. Nobody's really going to preserve your brain. They're not going to bring you back to life. And all of that wealth and houses and businesses, all of it is nothing. It's, you would look and you say, what did I do here? And you might take, uh, be consoled by the fact, well, I think I left something for the future and I built schools over here and and I really did all this with my life, but, but yet that cold, empty feeling of, of but what's next, and, and I'm all alone. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm not alone. Oh, I remember when we were in Brother Ron's hospital room, Bishop and Sister Powell, and we, we were in there, and, and as he was taking his last breath, the presence of God reigned in that room. I fell to my knees. We, we spoke in tongues and just worshiped God. It was the most sweet and glorious presence as God ushered His Son home. And I am not here to tell you all about Brother Ron's life, but I can tell you about its end. Oh, the devil would like to stand there and accuse. But as God ushered him into glory, and, he would, and the enemy would say, the accuser would say, but, but, but. And God would say, welcome home. Oh, my faithful servant. Hallelujah. That's long life. And so, yes, in the physical, oh, when we trust God, when we keep His commandments, we have a promise of length of days. But you can also have quality days with God. It doesn't mean you won't have struggles. 
peace means completeness and wholeness. You will find yourself only complete in God. He's that last piece of that puzzle. When you looked at that picture and you're like, I don't understand everything. You know, I, I think of that right away and I look and I say, well, I don't, I don't see the pieces of the puzzle to my future. <laughs> I know who has the pieces and he's already put them in place. So while as I might not understand all the picture, I know the one who paints the picture. And God's got this. And so I can be at peace. I can be at rest. It's, I, I see it as a, as a you're, you're, you're stressing about, okay, how's this going to work out? But, but yet I got this. We, we had the opportunity to have our battery go out this last year while we were on our way to quizzing down at Nationals, which is fitting because the last time I think we'd gone down there, we had the thermostat go out. And, um, and so I thought, it wouldn't be quizzing without it. Now, please don't thank me, if you would. I don't want to, no, I don't want to think too highly of myself either. But, I, um, but at this particular time, I, I didn't feel so super stressed out. As in, we're driving down the interstate, and all of a sudden, the lights blink out. Every panel disappears. The doors lock and unlock, and the engine goes... And I, I shared this story with my boss the other day because I said, God was so good... The battery, the connection was loose. It was corroded and it was down on the floor. And, and, and I had this, this problem, but I didn't know it. Not really. I, actually, I had jump-started the car earlier thinking somebody had left a light on. I thought, well, I thought these cars were supposed to be smarter than that. You know, I was really supposed to be smarter than that. But we, we got our two and a half hours down the road and all of a sudden this problem. And, and, uh, um, and yet it was right at the exit. And we had Sister Kiara to help transport people to eat. And, and as I tried to solve it with AAA, and a gentleman said, well, you need to go to this store. And, and I was like, well, hey, I think I, I'll try this other store. And as I pulled in that parking lot, I'm like, no, the man said go to the other store. So I drove to the other store. Liam asked me, he said, Dad, are we going to be okay? Dad, yeah, I'm like, well, we're going to be okay. He's, I'm like, God's got this. This is why I said, hey, don't think too highly of me. I'm not, I have a plenty of... Uh, spiritual failures but in this case I, I was like God's got this he's got us he's got us why we failed the battery right at the exit why because there's a man that said go to this store AAA said well we're, we're gonna be a long time to help you out so I drive down to this store I pull in I walk in they say well here's the battery here's the tools and I step out the door and a man walks up and grabs the tools and he says, well, you need this tool, you need that tool. Go in the store and get this tool. This battery's a bit difficult. It's down in your floor. And, and I've been a GM mechanic for 30 years and been replacing these batteries. <laughs> and I open, and, and I'm like, okay. And, and he takes the panel off. I'm like, well, I've never looked at that battery before. <laughs> down behind the passenger seat. And he, and he gets in there and he takes it off. And he's like, oh, and you think you're going to need this cable. And, and he starts replacing my battery. And I'm standing to the side. You know, I'm like wanting to go, hey, I, I can help you. And he puts it in. He's like, you should be good to go and go on your way. What, Liam, are, are you worried, Dad? Are you worried? No. God has got this. Oh, yeah, I had a car load of kids. I'm like, we need to get down there by a set time. But, but there's a problem. But God has got this. Time and again. Oh, that problem might look small now. Oh, I've been there where we're on the side of the road, you know. Suddenly, it's a big problem. God, how are you going to take care of my kids? Oh, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know that he's going to make it turn out. 
God has got this. God's got this. Oh, God's got this. So with that, I would like to say, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. This right here is also a not. I call it the negative. Don't let mercy and truth forsake thee. Mercy here in some translations is actually translated love. Love and truth. Don't let love and truth forsake thee. It's that... It's that has said, it's that steadfast love. I, I saw one description of it as an ardent desire. Oh, I, that gave me a new picture. Don't let that desire for yourself towards God. And we know that this mercy or this has said here is God towards us. But yourself towards God and God towards you. Oh, that, oh, he's my God. And I know that God's looking, Brother Kennedy, he's at you and, and, and he's right here and, and he's like, I got you. Oh, I've got you. I'm looking out for you. He's ever leaning towards you. Don't let it forsake you. I told London this is the necklace that she could wear. Mercy and truth. Bind it around thy neck. <laughs> oh, that word truth is faithfulness. Oh, it's, it's not just the truth of the word, but it's, it's God's faithfulness. You know what's true about God? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, I am with you always. Mm, I got it right here. When I wake up in the morning, I got mercy and truth right here. Yep, yep, I got it right around my neck. This, this, I know in whom I have believed, and he's ever leaning towards me. He has an ardent and passionate love about me, and, and I'm for him, and he's for me, and he's going to be faithful. And so the enemy comes along, and he says, well, where's God at? And you say, mm, I got a reminder. He's right here. Oh, he's right with me. He'll never leave me. He's got me. I can feel him. His hands are around me. Don't let mercy and truth forsake thee. That word forsake. Sometimes, how do we let mercy and truth forsake us? Because we get depressed. We get down. We get scared. And we wonder, whoa, how am I going to get through this right here? Wait, wait a second. I I'm out here. And, and I'm all alone, and I don't know if you guys saw recently Captain Kirk, he went to outer space, for real this time. Um, yeah, he got up there, he said he went through the blue, he went into the inky blackness. Now he said he, he loved that experience, he'll never forget it, right? He said it felt like death. He said as I entered that blackness, it was Death. And I looked back and we're so small. We're so, we're so fragile. And he went on about how we need to protect the earth and keep the earth. And, 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 but when I read his stuff and his quotes, I was like, oh, but there's a God who suspended us out in nothing and holds us in his hand and then placed fragile life on this planet called earth that, and, and, and he made us in his image and he's got us so when you look back and you see this earth suspended out in the middle of inky blackness and suddenly you understand your frailness I understand that God and his miraculousness and that he has me his mercy 
His truth. Oh, I, I keep it close to you in the middle of your struggle. He loves you. Go ahead and just say that. God loves me. And God's got me. God's got me. Uh, God's got me. Mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. His faithfulness. Psalms 25.10, it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. All the paths. Ah, every last one of them. Everywhere you go. Oh, you, you, we're going to be getting to an, another verse here. But uh, um, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We're going to be getting there. But all your paths, all of them, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. That means on every, every place you're going in your future, right, here's God. God's walking with you. His love is right there. His faithfulness is right there. His, his leaning towards you. His, it, if you could hear God talk about you. You could hear him talk about Dana. God's over there and he's like, oh, that's Dana. You should have seen it. She went through a hard time with her brother. We were all there with you, Dana. It was hard, but she stood strong. You should have seen her worship. As that proud father and as that proud spouse. And, and he's like, you know, any other place, this would be a real creepy conversation, wouldn't it? <laughs> but God's, God's up there and he's like, ah, look at her, look at her. Oh, oh, look how much stronger. She's stronger than she ever knew in me. I was her strength and, and I was with her every, and she didn't forsake me one time. And Dana would say, well, wait a second. Wait, wait. He, he didn't think I forsook him. Did he remember what I said in prayer? I don't know what you said in prayer. I don't think you told me. Um, but God's like, no, she was venting to me. And the, 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 the accuser's over there. He's like, oh, I was there for that prayer. And he's like, shut up. Get out of here. I'm so proud. Why? In the paths that you walk, he's right there. He's right there. So, oh, I think about that with Jesus Christ. It says, for the law was given in John, the book of John. Verse, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now I know that when we read this word truth in the New Testament, that many times it's talking about the utter truth and identity and, and everything about who Jesus Christ is. But that word truth also ties back to this faithfulness. And so this book and this law, this Old Testament was delivered by Moses. But God's great love and ever leaning towards you and the fulfillment of His faithfulness came in the personage of Jesus Christ. That is Emmanuel, God with us. That is that Yahweh saves. And so He came down and He could truly say, I'm with you always. I'm going with you to death. I've gone with you into the valley of darkness. I've gone through sin with you. I've gone through anguish with you. I've gone through temptation with you. I've gone through struggle with you. I took on humanity for you. Oh, I've been everywhere. And I've got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I've got you. God's truth, His mercy, His grace. And so the writer tells his offspring. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
He's saying, go ahead now. Hear me. I've told you about keeping his words. I've told you about his mercy and truth. I've told you about it. Now just trust God. Trust him. Oh, you know what that word trust? I, I, I was looking it up and it said, and it had this little Arabic definition there and some roots and it said, throw down on the face. Now I see right there that I come out and, and Bishop right here, he's the king. You feel pretty good now? He's the king. And I come before him and he has the sword. And I fall down before him. And he could take that sword and cut off my head. What have I done? I have put myself in the most vulnerable position. You can do with me as you want. Do you know what that also is? That's worship. And when you fall down before God and you're saying, do with me what you want. Here's all my trust. I'm at your feet and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, you can take me and God, you can bless me or you can let cursings come into my life. I'm right here at your feet. Because I've entirely trusted you with everything. You know, that's what King David did. When the man of God said, okay, you pick the, you pick, you pick the, the punishment. Here, here's your choices. He said, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. God picks. Because I know that I can trust God. And I'm throwing myself down at his feet. And I won't even dare pick a punishment from the multiple choice question that God offered up. God, you pick. I trust you even in my sin and in my struggle and lean not unto thy own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path that paths I've heard this verse once described as he'll make your crooked path straight and I understood then maybe not this verse to its fullest extent but in my life that I thought I was going to be an electrical engineer and I went to Western Iowa Tech in Sioux City and then I went off and I went to Iowa State names Iowa and I said God if you want me to preach I'll preach I'll go to Bible school and I never heard that go to Bible school I'm like well okay so I didn't get that so I must not I don't know what God's got for us I'm going to be an engineer and little did I know that my path that was going east from Ottawa Iowa not south to Omaha was going to bring me to this pulpit today. That looks like a pretty crooked path to me. But in every step of the way, I got down and said, God, what do you want? Could you please provide? I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but funding showed up. It was sometimes a semester-by-semester semester situation. Sometimes it was in the form of a loan. But it showed up, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I got through those four years of school, and I got a job, and I ended up here. I did not know he was going to bring me here. Oh, I thought I had messed up and my, I had destroyed plan A. And what God I found was saying is, you know what, you think in the material world, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get to here and then I'll reach this stature and I'll get this title and I'll get this award. I'm interested in the condition of your heart. And if to get that worked out means you've got to fall into sin, then so be it. But I'm going to make in you what, you want, what I need you to be. And you know where that also comes from? is because you might fail. And you might wander, but if you'll keep trusting Him and placing things back in His hands, He's going to make your crooked paths straight. Your crooked paths straight. I, I was worried that I would run out of time today, and I think that we're, we just got a few minutes left. But points four or five 
here, it says, verses 7 and 8 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, or be in awe of God, and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. He says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be full. I want to pause on those couple things right there. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. It is not man's intelligence, wealth, or anything that you built. That sounds pretty good when God's out of the picture. But fear God. Be in awe of Him and understand He's in control. And that is what's going to take care of you in life. Oh, and you say, okay, everybody else said do this. But God said do that. And so you follow after Him. You know He's going to keep you all the way to the end. The three Hebrew children, they didn't know how they were going to get there. They said God is able even though we've been taken captive and our land taken over and our families killed and, and our, our, our church taken over, God is able to keep us. And even if He doesn't, I'm going to live for Him. Why? I fear God. I fear God. And then, honor God with thy substance and with the first food of thy increase. What are you doing when you fear God? You're putting Him first. What do you do when you give Him of your money and your tithe? You're putting him first. Put him first in your increase. Put him first in his blessings on your life. Put God first. Make a statement to yourself and to the world that God is first. Do it with his physical blessings. Do it with your words. Do it with your actions. Fear God and put him first. Put him first. Put him first. I could have spent a lot more time on those two sections, but I wanted to end here with verses 11 and 12. It says, For my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. This is his discipline, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Afflicted by God. We started out talking about the children of Israel. And how God let them go through hardship so they would understand that it's not by bread alone. Jesus was able to reach back when he was in the wilderness with Satan. And, and Satan said, turn these stones into bread because you have the power to. And he said, hold on a second. I found that you need to trust God. You need to trust in man does not live by bread alone but by every word there's something greater that's going to keep you there's a greater provision than the pocketbook there's a greater provision than the federal government of the united states of america there's a greater provision than the inheritance that you'll receive from your family there's a greater provision than what your job will give you and that is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God because when everything was all done and they were at their end God said now I'm gonna release bread from heaven oh you've gone through your affliction Job you had to go through an awful lot but now you see me Oh, I don't even, he didn't even explain to Job why you went through what you went through. He just let him know or he, he was there. And Job could say at the end of his days, now I see God. Could we go ahead and stand to our feet? I apologize for running over. But I want you to understand I'm just touching the precipice or just an edge of the iceberg of what it means to be afflicted by God. But God chastens us. 
he corrects us and he lets us go through struggle so that we can know him. Let's go ahead and raise our hands. Lord Jesus, you see every person in this place. God, we're just reaching in you today to take our courage and our strength in you. Oh, we recommit ourselves to you today. Oh, God, that we're trusting you even in the affliction and even in the heartache and even in the pain that we don't understand. That your mercy and your truth, oh God, oh, is ever with us, Lord. That your faithfulness is always there. And we are not going to forsake you, but we embrace you today. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. We will see you back in here at 1120. And let's have church today.